Good morning, God's wonderful people. Welcome to another episode of Logos on Thanos, where we give focus to expressing the life of the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is alive. You are here today. It may not be a crossroad, but one thing is for sure. It's somewhere you have never been. It's a road you have never traveled before. And today you have the opportunity of making this road yours. You have the opportunity of making this road something worthwhile, a journey worthwhile. Use what you have learned so far and make this journey a worthwhile journey. Utilize the lessons and make this path one that is stamped with your image. One that is stamped with you. Make this path yours. Learning takes time, so it shouldn't be no surprise that us looking at this letter Lamed, which speaks to learning, is taking us a little while. We are studying Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. And in this study that we title The Warrior's Identity, we are looking at the three declarations God made concerning man. The first declaration he made in verse 26, and he says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. That was God's first declaration. His second declaration is made in verse 28. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That's God's second declaration. The third one is given in verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. This is God's declaration concerning man. And it continues in verse 30 as well. Now we are looking at these declarations to understand the warrior's identity. Because in these three declarations is everything God purposed for man to be and do. This is why God made man. This is what he made man to do. So we have analyzed the first declaration which speaks to who man is. We are analyzing the second declaration that speaks to what man is supposed to do, which we call the warrior's assignment. So we are looking into the warrior's assignment presently. We have already looked at two of the five parts of this decoration. So these decorations, the first one and the second one, has five parts. So in the second one, we have already looked at two of these five parts. We are presently looking at the third part. The first part of the second decoration is be fruitful. The second part says, and multiply. And the third part says, and replenish the earth. So we are looking at this, what this third part that says, and replenish the earth. This word replenish, it is a translation of an Hebrew word, the Hebrew word, mele. Mele. Now, 
or you could pronounce it Malay. Now, Malay is that word which is translated replenish. It is spelt with a mem, a lamid, and an aleph. Now, we analyze each letter because we know that each Hebrew letter has a meaning. And if it has a meaning, it has an identity and it also has a function. So we analyze each letter to see what this letter brings to this solution of Malay. And so as we look at each of the components of this word, we begin to see the components that make up this word and begin to see the facets and different parts of this solution. Know that when we, after we gather that understanding of each of the parts of the solution, we then bring them back together because we now understand the solution and we now know how to use the solution and what it is used for. So we now begin to understand what the solution is and what it's used for. That's the intention in us analyzing each letter. We have analyzed the mem. We are presently analyzing the lamed. We next will look at the aleph. Uh, we have already analyzed the aleph in a previous episode in this series. And so we'll not go through the same things of, of the aleph. We will practically just sum up what we have been through and maybe add a few more details to what we learn about this letter aleph. But we're looking into the lamed and we have so far looked through the lamed and all its basic features we have also analyzed psalm 119 in relation to the section that deals with the lamed we have looked at a, a lot of aspects of the lamed so therefore i believe we have a basic understanding as to what the lamed is but we want to look also at some connections of the lamed what is the Lamed connected to? Because what we understand is that an Hebrew letter will connect to other Hebrew letters or words either through its form, the way it is written, or through its gematria, that is numerical value, or its position in the Aleph bait. So based on a letter's position in the Aleph bait, it will connect to other letters. If it's next to a letter, it's related to that letter. If it comes before a letter, it is also related to that letter. And so based on that, we, will, we know that the, it will connect to those letters. When you look at the form of the letter, what letters make up this letter? Because an Hebrew letter can be made up or composed of other Hebrew letters. And we see that in the Lamed, because the Lamed we see in its form that it's made from a Kaf and a Vav. This we have already, I am, talked about in our, in our analysis of the Lamed. So I won't go over that here again. You can listen to that in, in, our, in the previous parts of this, this um, consideration of the Lamed in a previous episode. So we know that these letters will connect to other letters and other words. Now, another way that a letter will connect to other words is through its gematria. The gematria of the word. That is this numerical value. We understand there's as much as eight ways of analyzing the gematria of a letter or a word. Now, we have just been using basically two of these um, ways of analyzing a gematria. We have been using the letter's gematria, and we have been using the gematria of the letter name. That is the name of the letter, because each letter has a name. Once you have a name, you have a character, and you have an identity. And so each letter has that. And so the name of the letter is spelled beginning with the letter itself and other letters. Putting those together, you end up with a gematria for the letter name, and the letter itself as a gematria. So for example, the letter Lamed, it's the name of the letter that is equivalent to our English L. So the Lamed 
Its name is spelled with a Lamed, a Mem, and a Dalet. So the Lamed is 30, the Mem is 40, and the Dalet is 4. 30 plus 40 plus 4 equals 74. So the gematria for the Lamed's name is 74. And the gematria for the Lamed itself is 30. So we know that the Lamed's value is 30, but its name, gematria, is 74. All right. So what we'll do, we are going to look at the gematria of this, this letter and its letter name. Because through the gematria of this letter, the Lamed, it connects to other word, which reveals more about the meaning of the Lamed. Now, this connection, we call it that these words are synonyms to the Lamed, but um, a better choice of word would have been related to. So these words are related to the Lamed. They teach you about the Lamed. The words that have the same um, gematria, they are related. They are related in many ways. Sometimes it brings out the negative meaning of the, of the word or the letter, and sometimes it brings out um, another aspect of the letter or a broader aspect or the application of the letter. So these words connect to these letters because of, of the gematria that, that they share. So let's look at a few of these words. I'm not going to be looking at all the words that share this gematria. I'm going to basically be looking at some of them because I know that we can't look at all because there's, there's a, a lot of them. A lot of them are out there. All right. And each of them shows you different parts of what the letter means. All right. The first one I look at is the word Avituv. Now, Avituv might sound a bit familiar because we have already been through a word that, uh, that, that, that is a part of this word. Avituv, um, you might hear that Tuv at the end. It's similar to the word Tov. And when we were doing the, um, the Fruits of the Spirit, we talked about the, 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 the word Tov because Tov is the Hebrew word for good. And Ava or Avi, Ava, you would have heard those two words there, Avitov, Avituv. And so it might sound similar to the Ava and the Tov because Ava is father and Tov is good. And you are correct in thinking that these two words is what make up this word Avituv, right? That's the, you're correct. In um, 1 Chronicles 8 and verse 11, we read there where it says, And of Hushim he begat Havi, Havituv and Elpahal. Now this is the name of a Israelite. Havituv is the name of an Israelite. What does it mean? It means father of goodness. Because remember, Avi is from Ava, which is? Father and Tov is from um, Tov is from is, is, is a form of the word Tov, which means good or goodness. So Avituv is good, our good father or the father of goodness. All right, good father or father of goodness. So Avituv. Now, what is this teaching us about the Lamed? It has the same gematria of thirty, just like the Lamed. Because when you look at letters that, 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 that spells the name Avituv, what are the letters? The Aleph, which is 1. The Beit is 2. The Yud is 10. The Tet is 8. The Vav is 6. And the Beit is 2. Add those all up, you get 30. So it has the same gematria as the Lamed of 30. So we know 
that they are connected and they are related. So what is Avitov teaching us about the Lamed? We can see from this that teaching learning, which is what the Lamed is, teaching learning is the father of goodness. That's what it's telling us, that the Lamed is the father of goodness. The teaching learning experience is the father of goodness. In other words, what it means is it produces goodness. So teaching and learning produces goodness. It's supposed to produce goodness. But we know the negative is always there, right? So this is showing us that goodness has to be developed through training. This is not something you're going to know. I mean, you're going to be, I mean, by default. That's what the Bible says, no man is good. That's why it says all righteousness is as filthy rags. Because we are not going to by default be good. We have to make a choice. And by virtue of the fact that we have to make a choice, it means you have to take intentional action to be good. It requires training. It requires the learning, teaching experience for goodness to be produced. That's what this is teaching us. That we have to learn to be good. It's something you have to learn. You don't do that naturally. This, the next word I want to look at is another word which is also the name of an individual. And it has the same gematria as a lamed. And it's the word Hachiyahu. Hachiyahu is the name of an Israelite. We see this name appearing in 1 Kings chapter 14 and verse 4. And it says Jeroboam. Uh, and Jeroboam's wife did so, and arose and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahiah. And, but Ahiah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of his age. Now that name, Ahiah, is the same name, Ahiahu. Alright? It's just a shortening of the name, Ahiahu. If you look in the Hebrew text, you will see the, the name Ahiahu, but in the English Bible, you will see Ahiah. It's, a, it's the name of an Israelite, like I says, and it means brother. That is a worshipper, or rather, it's a brother of Yah or a worshipper of Yah. So it's brother of Yah or a worshipper of Yah. So when you talk about a brother of Yah, you're actually referring to someone who is a worshipper of Yah. Who is Yah? Yehovah. That's a, that, that's a contraction or a shortening of the name of God. Yah. Yehovah. Right, so Ahia means brother or worshipper of Yah. So, what does this teach us about the Lamed? What is Ahia teaching us about the Lamed? It's teaching us that when one is learning the truth through his life lessons, he brings glory to God. The teaching learning experience is a worship of God. It worships God. In other words, when you learn through life um, lessons, when you learn through life teaching and through life experiences, you learn the lessons you're supposed to learn, that brings glory to God. This is not something strange, my friend, because we have seen over the years and through our lifetime that the excellence of the student always brings glory to the teacher. Isn't that so? When Usain Bolt began to break world records and set records on the track, where did the light go? Where was the spotlight shone? The spotlight 
was shone on his coach. The light came on his coach. Why? Because they want to know who is producing this much talent. Because they know that such a talent not only points to the individual manifesting that talent, but it also brings glory to the one who trains him. The success of the student always shine that light, that glory light always shine on the teacher. When a team fails at its sports, the light shines on the coach and the coach is fired. When the team has tremendous success, the light shines on the coach and he's praised and he receives his glory from that. So when we learn from the lessons that life teaches us, the light shines on God, our teacher. Remember, God is a teacher because the Lamed, its form gives the gematria of 26, which is the name of God. So we know it, God, that God is a teacher. So let's look at the next word. The next word that we're looking at, which I guess is the last one I'm looking at in this, in this gematria, is the word yak. It's spelled with a yud and a kaf. All right? Now the yud and the kaf, the yud is 10, the kaf is 20. So yud and kaf is as together give you 30. So that's the same gematria as the lamed. All right, so I didn't give you the letters for ahiyahu. It's the aleph, the chet, the yud, the hey. And the vav. Alright, so halef is one, chet is nine, yud is ten, he is five, and vav is six. Alright? Oh, I said no, the chet is eight, sorry. And the tet is nine. Alright, so got a bit mixed up there. Alright, so the, the, the yak, that is the yud and the calf, is totaling thirty. It means to strike or to smite. Now, yak means to strike or to smite. It's used in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 15. And there it reads, And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Horba, which is on the left hand of Damascus. So here it's telling us about an incident where Abraham would have gone to smite the men who had come to take all, you know, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and plundered them. So Abraham went out to fight with his servants. And it says he divided himself against you know, his enemies. So he set his servants and, and divided himself against them. So he you know, divided in groups. And so he smote them. That word smote is the word yak. That's the word yak. And yak is basically a contraction of, of, of the full form of this word. And so that means to smite or to strike. Now, what is this teaching us about the Lamed? What is yak teaching us about the Lamed? What does smiting and striking have to do with teaching and learning? We have already mentioned this. That that which strikes us and smites us is our teacher. That which smites us and strikes us is our teacher. And if you have not gotten that lesson yet, you are going to get it. Because the adversities of life are the means by which we are taught by God. That is what God used to teach us. And I'll say it again. That which strikes us and smites us is our teacher. It teaches us, my friends. 
This speaks to another use of the staff or the rod, which is what the lament is, a staff, the rod, or a gourd. The staff or the rod is a chastiser. It is used to chastise the learner. The rod is used to chastise the learner. In other words, when the learner makes a move that is not legal, the rod becomes a chastiser, which is it's used to discourage the student from making that step again. It's simple, not difficult. So you, you chastise to, to, to get the student to conform. Now, let me give you an example of this. Now, I noticed one day that my little son, he was just a baby then, just creeping, had this habit of always going to take up the iron when you finish ironing. He's always crawling to go, back, to go get the iron. So I decided that I need to discourage him from doing that. So I took his hand and I placed his hand as close as I could to the face of the hot iron. And when I did that, he pulled his hand away. I took his hand and I did it again. So he knows what it feels like. And so from that day, he never crawled to touch the face of that iron again. Because I discouraged him through chastisement on not touching that iron. Because he felt the heat. He felt the heat without touching the heat. And so he, he gets an understanding as to what that will produce. Now that's what chastisement is. Chastisement is using a negative experience to discourage the student from performing something that is negative. So you use that experience to dis discourage them from taking that step. And so the staff is a chastiser. It's used to chastise the learner. This is what God does with us. All right. And so here we see in these words, they teach us about the Lamed. They further extend our understanding of the Lamed. Another verse of scripture I would like to remind you of. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 8? We talked about verse 3. But I want to take you down to verse 5. Verse 5 says, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chastiseth his son, as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. As a man chasteneth his son, so Jehovah thy God chasteneth thee. This, my friends, we must understand. That God chastises us. So the experiences you have in life are sometimes the chastening of God. God caused Israel to suffer hunger. To teach them a life lesson. So God will take you through negative circumstances to teach you certain important truth about life. When you go through these negative experiences, learn the lesson or you shall surely repeat it. The extended gematria for the Lamed, is, it also connects it to other words, which further adds to us understanding the concept of the Lamed. Let's take one of these words, because we have, alre we have already considered two of these words. The word Yad, uh, the word um, Dihak, we have considered, the word Ed, and the word Ad. So we've already considered those words to be equal and equivalent to the gematria of the, the, the letter name, which is Lamed. Uh, which is 74. So we have considered those words already in looking at the, this lament. But let's consider another one. This word is the word nikad. Naked. Right, it's pronounced naked. I don't get this word nikad. <laughs> it's naked. It means to bind or connect 
It speaks to connection or a kindred or a progeny. In Genesis 21 verse 23, it says, Now therefore swear unto me, here by God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. Here the word that is translated son's son is the word naked. That's what's translated son's son. All right, so this word means to connect or it speaks to a connection or a kindred or a progeny. Someone is a descendant or a kindred. Now this word, what is it teaching us about the Lamed? It is teaching us that teaching, learning requires a relationship. You cannot teach or learn from someone you are not connected to. You must be connected to the person. You must have a relationship with the person. The teaching learning experience requires interaction where the learner is impacted and influenced to change. You cannot impact someone's life or influence someone to change who you're not connected to or have a relationship with. You might say to me, that you have listened to individuals on the television or on videos and they have impacted your life, but yet they don't know you. Huh. They don't know you. But you got connected to them through the television. You got connected to them through the video you were watching. You connected with them on that level. And so you were impacted by their speech. But I guarantee my friends, they, their life, what they are, who they are. You cannot learn from that. You cannot be impacted by that if you don't have a relationship with them. You can't become them if, you're not, if you don't have a relationship with them. And that's what teaching learning is, becoming your teacher. It's not just being impacted by your teacher's words. It's becoming your teacher. So it implies a relationship. It implies being connected to or related to that individual. We have said that the Lamed also means authority. This, this authority, however, my friends, is implied. It is implied in the form of the letter. The letter is the only one that goes above the line, which makes it tower above all the other letters. That's the Lamed. It's the only letter that goes above the line. So this implies that this letter has authority over all the other letters because it towers above them. Right? Also, it is implied in its function. The authority of the Lamed is implied in its function. One cannot teach without having and exercising authority over his students. You cannot teach someone who you don't have authority over. That's, that's basically it. But also, you cannot learn without having and exercising authority over your faculties. You have to take authority over your faculties for you to learn. So the function of the Lamed, the teaching learning experience, implies authority. You will not be able to learn unless you take authority over the faculties of your mind and decide and determine how they are going to function in this learning experience. That's how you learn. That's how you learn. And that is a teaching learning experience. We bring it together to a close in our next episode. 
Teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Teach me, O Lord. Is this your prayer today? If not, make it your prayer. Because every experience you have in life is a lesson God is teaching. But when you pray and ask God to teach you, you're asking God also to give you the grace to learn the lessons. So humbly pray this prayer, my friends, and let God lead you on that pathway of learning from the lessons of life. If you don't learn the lessons of life today, they are going to be repeated tomorrow. This is one classroom that you can't move to the next class until you learn the lessons that this class teaches. You know, in school, they'll move you up the grade even if you don't pass the test because they say you're off the age so you have to move. That's how Jamaica does it now. But in this classroom of life, you don't go to the next grade until you pass the lessons of this grade that you're in now. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise, God, for your goodness and your love, your mercies that are new to us every morning. Today we come before you. We surrender our hearts and our lives into your hands right now. For you, God, to use us and mold us according to your plan and purpose for our lives. Fashion our lives, O oh God, for your glory as we seek to honor you and praise you with all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you, and I do too. Shalom.